Hi everyone, welcome to News and Arts. Joining us today is Raul Bader, aka Raja Rhythmic. Thank you for coming in to chat with us, Raul. How are you doing? Such a pleasure to be here. I'm doing great today, Erin. Thank you. Good. So good to have you. And you're a man of many talents and skills and interests. Mm. So you are a curator, artist, world musician with a focus on empowerment and education through the arts. Also the founder and curator of Toronto Visionary Art Exhibit and the Cosmic Art Feature and Fashion Show. How has all this influenced your work? I think uh, for me, it, it's an interconnected and interdisciplinary world we live in to begin with. And it's important that we study the crafts, but also our relationships to crafts. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means that I have a set of beliefs, a neurology, if you will, that informs my art. And if I can come to understand not only the art, which is the you know, in a painter's eye, it's the technical work. It's the understanding of proportion. It's the color theory. Mm -hmm. um, and in a musician's eye, it's the rhythm. It's understanding, you know, melody and notation. That, I feel, is very connected to the neurosciences inherently because mm -hmm. that's how we understand it. So part of my mission is to not only be able to be an artist, but to also explain to others and empower them through these um, revelations of neuroscience and psychology that it's really just us believing in, in, in ourselves mm -hmm. and taking a chance and allowing ourselves to feel reinforced for the intrinsic value that the arts are bringing to our lives. Absolutely. And I think not a lot of people even stop to think about or associate with art or the kind of response that your body and your brain has to it, whether it's self-healing, the expression, how it changes your brain. So I think it's really nice and important to be able to hear this and have these topics of conversation. Tell me a little bit, because you also uh, were a music teacher with Sarah McLaughlin School of Music, and you're working towards your Master in Interdisciplinary Art at the School of the Contemporary Arts. So that's a lot of stuff. And uh, how was that experience for you? I had reached a, a point in my art practice in Toronto where I felt I wanted to expand a little bit more. Sometimes that means academically. Sometimes that means, in my case, like going back to school. And mm -hmm. it literally was going back to my old stomping grounds because SFU, Simon Fraser, was my undergraduate school and they had built a, a state-of-the-art facility in downtown Vancouver shortly after I graduated. So I was really eager to go back and create some interdisciplinary art in these um, studios. Um, we're talking dance studios, we're talking theaters, we're talking, you know, soundproof music rooms. Um, so I was excited to have access again, um, which I would say is one of the huge assets of going to um, academic institutions mm -hmm. as artists is that access, not only to the, the spaces, but also to the knowledge and the network of people that you're going to encounter in that short period of time. So I'm still immersed in that, just doing it um, ironically uh, through distance right now due to COVID. But I am working in that capacity towards my uh, master's degree. 
And then while I was in Vancouver studying, I had the fortune of being employed by um, the Sarah McLachlan School of Music, and they are responsible for such beautiful work. They work with kids in a nonprofit manner, so they um, have a school where anyone can attend based on some criteria. Mm-hmm that is from um, marginalized backgrounds. And um, so they offer free um, music classes. This was one of probably the the highlights of my musical life because I had the fortune of working not only with marginalized communities, but also with autistic children and uh, neurodiverse populations, which is uh, an area that I really care about. And I believe the arts can do an outstanding job in helping um, promote their their growth and their um, their mind, spirit, and body. So yeah, music was the tool, and music was the way. And so that yeah, I hope that summarizes. Oh, that. Oh, I yeah. love it because your face kind of lit up when you started talking about it and working with the kids and. It's it's amazing to be able to have that experience and talk about it. And and from everything I hear, they're an incredible foundation. And to be able to accommodate like that is just wonderful. Yeah. So how is it teaching online? And how do you feel about how COVID is affecting the creative world, what you're doing, <clears throat> your experience with coworkers? Well, I believe like as artists, we are transformers and agents of transfiguration so we always adapt uh to times unfortunately some of us can be crushed under the weight of emotion because that's Mm -hmm. the other thing about you know being an artist is that you're sensitive so covid itself quarantine took its toll on me i'm not gonna lie like at the beginning it was really tough for me but out of that discomfort came a lot of growth. At the time I was living in Vancouver, I would still go for my runs in Stanley Park and have all this time. And I think that time I was able to develop some strategies for how I would like to show up online and what my gifts would be. And so I dreamt it into being and now it's happening. But I wondered, you know, what would it be like to teach music online? Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful. I, I have some private students now and we do um, a percussion and handpan lessons and djembe. Nice. And it's really breaking uh, the barrier uh, of space. Uh, one of my students is in Vancouver and I'm currently in Toronto. And it's, it's amazing. We're three hours apart, but it's happening, you know, in that moment. So I'm interested as an artist to see how almost like butterflies we can adapt and metamorphosize through these times. I get it. It's really difficult. Like this is a monumental time in human history to which we will look back and say, hey, how did we all deal with it? How did humanity deal with it? And I think it's important right now that as artists, we're agents of change and that we create narratives that can be realistic They can be informative, they can be driven by activism, or they can be driven by, hey, I want to create a new world. I imagine what's possible. And I think it's very easy to get caught up in the trap of 
probable futures. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, look at, you know, God, there's so much pollution, you know, there's so much pain and suffering. There's this monumental pandemic. And, and yet, how often do you focus on the possible? How often do you focus on the preferable? Mm-hmm. Right? I choose actively to focus on the possible and the preferable. And I choose to process the emotions of those hardships and that that pain through my art, you know. And so unless I write it down or translate it to a picture or move that emotion into music in some way, mm-hmm. um, it can really eat at me. Yeah, it's like a waterfall, you know? Yeah. And uh, you can't turn off a waterfall. (laughs) But you know what? I love how you capture that. That's why we're doing this. You know, we're all having different experiences. It's really important to talk and express right now. And it's changed since the beginning. I think initially everyone had their kind of shocked moments and their response. But it's important for you to share this so that everyone else can kind of uh, process their maybe emotions and thoughts in a different way. So thank you for sharing that. I think it was oh, really well put. Oh, my pleasure. Now we're going to go back to drumming because yes. again, there's, you've done so much. I mean, you've also traveled to Ghana and studied drumming and dance and learned the rhythmic traditions of um, various regional West African drumming and dance styles. So Families, like, tell me a bit about how that was and what triggered you to go to Ghana. There's so many other ways you can do this. How did Ghana become mm-hmm. a thing? Well, as I was taking my music composition undergraduate degree mm-hmm. and studying cognitive science, actually, at the same time, I was offered a chance to go on a field school to Africa to um, contribute to my education and it was to study traditional drumming and dance. That sounds fabulous. <laughs> and I just, I was melted even by the words on the page. And at that point, I had studied drumming and hand drumming, but I had never taken it to that level of embedding myself. And ever since watching The Lion King, I knew <laughs> one day I would be in Africa um, making music. And, you know, 20 years later, that was me. Um, And so it was a pivotal moment in my life as a world musician. And I think, you know, everyone who identifies as a world musician should take that opportunity to really study what these ancient, ancient cultures knew about these traditions. And for good reason as well, is that a lot of these traditions are dying. You know, these are oral traditions. When the last grandfather or elder dies, society has moved from the village to the city. What happens to these traditions, whether they are farming or music or um, caring for the forest? You know, so we are stewards as ethnomusicologists or as world musicians of a culture and we are stewards of a sound and a rhythm that is not our own, that is on the shoulders of great musicians and cultures that carry this. And so I chose at that point in my life to take that opportunity and you know spend those two months in Africa. 
And uh, I'm gr- very grateful because today um, I get to, I host the Trinity Bellwoods Drum Circle in um, <laughs> Toronto. And it's through that experience that I was able to really anchor mm-hmm. why drumming is important as a community. Absolutely. And I felt that. So well put. So beautiful. And how long has the drum circles at Trinity Bellwoods been going on for now? Uh, They've been going on uh, Sunday afternoons Mm -hmm. since 2013. Wow. Time flew. Yeah. And so we've been holding it down every week in the summer since then. I love it. And I... My fluke caught the last one this year, so that was awesome. Yeah, it was was great to see you there. Yeah, it was really nice. So tell me a little bit about where you're at now, some of your visions and future ideas around music and your art. Well, right now I feel like I'm at a critical nexus in my uh, artistic, academic, and also spiritual life. Um, with it being 2020 and it being this crossroads of um, the pandemic and how do we shift and and who are we, I'm really taking this opportunity to reflect and also to dive into a lot of passion projects that I had previously not taken uh, an interest in completing. And it's almost as though we have a chance to tend to our secret garden at this time. You know, the one that when we were too busy, um, we just couldn't water. Mm-hmm. So this is like that back garden. This is that one that's growing all the stuff that really feeds our soul. Mm-hmm. And so this time, you know, I've taken that time to have nice, intimate conversations, to have j- juicy jams with um, with people I love, to to cook, to um, to take the time to make a really good meal for a friend. You that. know, um, I've taken this time to to study. You know, and when I'm reading something or an article in my case, um, just sit down and, and empty myself into that, that bit of reading and, mm-hmm. and, and soak up and empathize, you know, taking the time to empathize. I love that. The and lost think, art of empathy. Yeah. Hey, but you know, you said a couple of things and I love that, but you just before the interview were saying, you said isolation is a gift. Maybe give me a little bit of an expansion on that and then maybe some words and thoughts for the fellow creatives and everybody else who's going through this pandemic. It And, you know, it's affected all our lives. What would you leave us with today? Well, isolation is a gift. Um, <laughs> right now I'm doing some beautiful grad studies on caves that used to exhibit um, signs of of there being music inside them, uh, cultures that used to play music inside them. Why why am I talking about caves in relation to isolation? Um, it's because the ancients knew that your time in isolation can be a gift. It's a gift in that it brings up your shadow. Mm -hmm. And it brings up your shadow in an attempt to clear you, to to show you parts that only in their, um, in given their time 
to reflect, will those emotions show themselves? Um, you know, I hear it's like the kidney. So the kidney won't ever sh go into cleanse mode until you've given it a long period of time, say on like fruit juice, um, showing it that, oh, you've been a good boy. Now I will cleanse um, and go into cleanse mode, right? Uh -huh. And so if take that metaphor and and apply it to us, right? You know, I think at first, the first few weeks, we were like, okay, is this really happening? No, 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 life's going back. This is just like a little vacay. But it really happened, mm -hmm. you know? And I think there is time to wallow and be sad and be depressed. And I think we've all been through it. Mm -hmm. But it's important for us right now to come together and, and spring up and cheer up and find a way to allow our spirit to activate something that is has been dormant, you know? And I think like the metaphor of the butterfly is that you metamorphosize, you know, and you take that time to turn from caterpillar to butterfly. And when else is society going to give you that time? Without being so poetic about it, this can be as simple as waking up in the morning and writing, you know, or saying three things I'm grateful for at the end of the day. This could be calling a friend that you haven't, mm -hmm. you know, this could be like doing a YouTube tutorial, which, um, you know, I play piano and I um, just bought my first guitar and that's like one of many instruments that I love, but I'm taking tutorials and I'm having fun learning, you know, new things and being a beginner at something, Absolutely. you know? So I think it's important to to say like, okay, what do I want to be a master of mm -hmm. in this life? And say like, okay, sure. Like I don't mind being a beginner for a bit in this given area. What is that thing? So that's what I've chosen to um, put my attention towards right now. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's really great feedback. And yes, what better time than now? Right. We have an opportunity here. Um, you had also asked what my current projects and future projects well i have just released my first ep um under my stage name raja r-a-j-a rhythmics that's rhythm with an i-x at the end on all streaming platforms it's my debut release and it's really a mix of world instrumentals um world rhythm and a diverse palette of local canadian um singers who've contributed to this album and it's uh it's really a blend of um yeah my love of cultural world beats as meets edm um so medicine music meets the dance floor that's what i say Amazing. Um, and yeah so it's called first forest and i hope you guys have uh, a listen and enjoy it sounds amazing and yeah you're a sound healer, man, amongst other things. Yeah. So this was, a, this was great. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, you're so welcome. We'll see thank you, you again soon. Yay. <laughs> and thank you to all our listeners. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram under News and Arts. And we will chat with you again soon. Bye.